Welcome to You Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Um, tonight's episode is going to be a bit different than what we're used to, so I hope it goes well. <laughs> we'll do our best. Um, uh, let's intro our panel first. Uh, Whitey? Hi, this is Yellow Delaney, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Uh, Torg? Hi, this is Torgover. I'm Evil Torgover on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I'm Chikrin on Tumblr. And I'm Lot, uh, Lady of Tarth hyphen posts. Yes. <laughs> Yay, you got it right this time. Slight uh, yes. pats on the back for me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so I'm also going to remember to do the spoiler warning. Um, we s- oh, yeah, we full-on spoil everything. Books, show, don't matter. We're spoiling it all. Um, so this episode is a bit different because we don't actually have a Game of Thrones uh, episode to review, recap. Um, so what we've done and what we're so thankful for is all the question and answers that we've received from um, our listeners. I feel so weird saying Yay. our listeners. <laughs> our tens all, of listeners. All 12 of you. I, I feel like Yay. we're lies. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to just, um, before we go into the questions, though, one of the things we were going to talk about just briefly was some of the casting news that came out uh, because it kind of leads into our first question quite well. Um, has everybody. Um, read the casting call for the characters for season five? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, uh-huh. anybody in particular um, excited about any of the news? I know there's one that I'm excited about. What are you excited yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, what are you excited about? Ian? Oh, I'm, I'm excited about the Sand Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. I was going to say that as well. Which three was it? Obara and Namiria and Tyene. Tyene, yeah. How about you, Torg? Anybody? Uh, yeah, I, it looks like they're going full balls in with this Dorn <laughs> thing. I mean, yeah. they got the whole list. <laughs> the one that I was uh, most stoked for was Maggie the Frog. Does that mean we're going to get a yeah. flashback Ooh, yeah. sequence, yeah. potentially? Yeah, uh, maybe. Flashback or a dream, maybe? Yeah. What's that? Flashback. Yeah. You sound like robotic right now. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. She's a Terminator. (laughs) Terminator. Um, Okay, well, I was really excited to see that they're aging up Tristan Martell. Yeah. That's kind of cool. They're making him 18. And did anyone else see the casting video that was circulating around? I did. Oh, no. I did. I haven't. I haven't seen this. You're joking, you guys. It has dialogue that I'm pretty sure is him talking to Marcella. And it sounds like they are um, engaged in a romance. Let's put it that way. Ooh. Ooh. Awesome. I'm excited. So they're not. You too. Okay. They're aging. 
they're aging him up to 18, aren't they? But they're not, presumably they're still sticking with Amy Richardson, who is, how old is she? I don't actually know. I think she might be a little bit younger than Sophie Turner, I feel like. Okay. So it's not a huge age difference. I would bet not. Yeah. Mm. Whitey, I'm actually picking up a lot of static on your mic. Can you just like unplug it and plug it back in? I can sure. I can cut this bit out. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let's see if that helps. Sorry. That's Are you back? Um, Perfect. Okay, you sound a lot better. Yes, you are. I'll cut that part out. Excellent. Don't worry about it. Okay. Let's just continue on like nothing happened. <laughs> okay. Um, so, well, the casting news okay. kind of brings us to our first question um, from Clotho Spindle, um, and it is. Yay! Oh, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of jumped the gun here. Do you think Brienne is the beauty in Maggie the Frog's prophecy? Ooh. Okay. No, I didn't jump the gun. It's Good totally <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, I personally have always wondered if she might be. It is so coincidental that her nickname, well, I should say one of her nicknames, she has like six, but one of <laughs> Brienne's nicknames and one of the most often repeated ones is Brienne the Beauty. And as we know, it's a sarcastic nickname, but um, I think it's right in, in George's wheelhouse to have a sarcastic mm. nickname be in fact a prophecy fulfillment. So I have always wondered if it isn't Brienne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, totally I think possible. it's possible. Go ahead, Ian. I mean, it's totally possible. Well, I mean, there is Brienne the Beauty, but I mean, there's also Marjorie, there's Danny. But do you think it's Brienne? Like, I mean, who is the best contender? It's a theory. <laughs> I really don't know. I really, I I really um, just take theories with grains of salt, and I'm just going to wait for, you know, the evil sand. You're not going to commit. <laughs> You're there, on the fence. You know? She's yeah, going to wait for 2020 so. when we read right, it. Right, right. Exactly. I'm going to wait. How about you, uh, Whitey? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Chicky. We, we know that George likes to subvert literary cliches, so I feel like having Brienne be the younger, more beautiful um, person who casts Cersei down would uh, certainly fit that tendency of his. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, if you look at it, she sort of has had a role in at least taking Jamie away from Cersei, um, um, indirectly, I suppose. So I can see it sort of fitting already. But again, yeah, I mean, it's just a theory and I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, I don't know. I think um, prophecies in this series seem to be more concerned with the people that believe them rather than them actually coming true. And so it, it'll mean whatever Cersei thinks that it means. Mm -hmm. And I really don't think Cersei will see Brienne as beautiful in any way. So I'm going to say that, no, she's not going to turn Ooh. out to be. <laughs> yeah. Dissenter. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I like I wonder. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wonder also if some of these prophecies may be self-fulfilling in a way. It just seemed, it would strike me as interesting if Cersei was the one to bring about her her, her own downfall. And I guess she kind of has in a way. Right. I, I um, think it could be argued that it's already come true, really. Well, she certainly has been cast down already. Um, there's obviously a lot more to the prophecy than that, though, that I think we still have yet to see. Yeah, the Valonqar 
the Valencourt right. I think she's certainly um, right. helping to fulfill on her own. And I think everybody uh, yes. in the Westeros uh, universe has been named as the Valencourt <laughs> in all the yeah, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, there's a theory for almost yeah, every it... existing character. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Possibly theories and, for characters who don't yet exist. And that's kind yeah. of what I'm saying with the, it just, it means whatever you think it's, whatever the people think it's going to mean. It's not just the fans that are making up crazy theories. It's the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yep. That was a good question. I like that. Okay, let's go on. Good job, Clotho. Thank you, Clotho. Good one. Thank you. Uh, the next one Yay. I'm not as stoked about. <laughs> I love you. Uh, comma splice. Grammar saves lives, but I hate you for this question. Um, so she says she would love to hear each of us do our little finger impression. <laughs> I feel like I already did this last week. I've done this on several episodes. <laughs> I feel like these questions have been done. Well, I have first, so I'm just going to do the same old one. Like us on iTunes. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Lot done. Chicky, you're next. <laughs> oh, I just have Sansa. <laughs> oh my god, that's creepy. Tor. <laughs> All of the power is yours. You need only reach out. Take it. <laughs> Uh, YD. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with last week's. Let her go, matey. <laughs> He's so terrible. <laughs> She's a pirate now. <laughs> and Eon. <laughs> okay. Chaos is a letter. <laughs> that sounds like Sean Connery. That's a Sean Connery impression. Chaos is a letter. <laughs> A shot Connery is better than my little finger, I think. Okay, and moving on. Some more silliness. Um, So this one's from Guile in Subterfuge. And she's given us a lot of questions, and I don't feel like saying Guile in Subterfuge every time. So I will hereby dub her Miss Jody. Yeah, Yeah. so Jody asks, um, I'm sure the Westerosi tavern singers are having a field day with rumors of Jamie and Bree's adventures. Any ideas for some of the song titles they'd come up with? Uh, How about you, Eon? Song title? How Stumpy Got His... Yes, it's a song title. It's (laughs) How Stumpy Got His Groove Back. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Uh, Oh, me. Uh, I put Kingslayer's Whore. That's a a jaunty, upbeat uh, song. I think it's more like death metal, kind (laughs) of. By the Kingslayer Brothers. It's industrial metal. Industrial. Ah. Oh. Okay. It's got a Nine Inch Nails beat too. I hear that Nine Inch yeah. Nails is covering yeah. it. Eon. Yes. Chicky. Oh, my title is Which One's the Bear? Huh. Oh, good one. <laughs> good one. Uh, Torek? Um, oh, I kind of dropped the ball on this one because it's, it's so ripe for so many great puns, but I was <laughs> like, like a bear in the hand is worth Two in the pit. I don't know. (laughs) That's a great title. (laughs) Ed Whitey. 
Um, I have like four, <laughs> and they're all Go terrible. <laughs> they're all terrible. Okay, so I've got the lament of the broken in brackets table, and then I've got the sword is the sword is his penis in D minor. <laughs> I've got baby's got blue eyes. I think I haven't really noticed. <laughs> And then we've got the well-known cover of the Beatles classic, Come Together, on the table. (laughs) I like how much thought you put into this one. (laughs) Okay, so our next question is from Anonymous. Um, Why do you think Brienne gets a nasty scar? It's been established that she's ugly. Why make it worse? That's just mean. (laughs) It is mean. Well-worded. Why do you think she gets that nasty scar? I've I've seen an interesting theory actually online that it's to draw a parallel between Brienne and Dunk because I haven't actually read the books, the Dunk books, but apparently he cuts his cheek um, at one part in one part and he's left with a scar. So I wonder if that's perhaps what George well, is doing there. I've read the books and I don't remember that part. <laughs> that's like, don't that's tell really me a good point. That's really a good. Do you remember point? that, that part? Is, that is a good one. That. It's not. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's not. Yeah. It's not my theory. It's just something that I read online. So yeah, whoever came up got, with that theory, good point. He got a really. He got a really bad scar on his face. Yeah. So when that's was a really this? Because I don't remember this. See now, my theory was always that it was because um, people were kind of trying to like rationalize Brienne not being as ugly. I think after I only jumped in after the fourth book, but people kind of tried to rationalize that Brienne maybe wasn't as bad looking. And I mean, which, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, I think there is an element too, but I think George wanted to drive home the point that she was in fact ugly by scarring her face. That's my theory. Right. That's uh, that's a good theory too, I think. It's certainly not an ironic thing that happens, like what happens to so many other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is like a recurring theme of beauty kind of being marred in the books. You've got like Jamie, you've got Marcella, um, oh, you've got Loris. So that's that's definitely a continuing theme throughout the book, but you can't really argue that Brienne is <laughs> beauty being marred. No. Um, I also thought maybe, though, he, George might be reinforcing the Beauty and the Beast trope as well for when we finally uh, get some Jamie-Brienne action. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Jamie's... Jamie's someone who's been in love with the most beautiful woman in the Seven Kingdoms for years. So to then have him turn around and fall Mm -hmm. in love with the ugliest woman, it would be sort of a nice bit of poetry, Mm -hmm. I thought. That's pretty much my answer, too. I think it was just to reaffirm that she's the beast, right, of the story. She, yeah. yeah. She's ugly, you guys, okay? Don't try and pretty her (laughs) up. She is ugly. Ian, you're trying to jump in there? I I would think that it's Brienne story is mirror is mirroring Jamie's story. I mean Jamie was um Jamie's maiming of his right hand took away his masculinity. Everything he was, that was his his sword arm. And with Brienne, the bite to her face is taking away her form of femininity. Even though she is considered a, a you know, an ugly woman, I mean bite a bite to the face and even like her hair was pulled out oh. on that side. Oh. That's taking away her sense of femininity. I mean, in, in canon, canon Brienne, she has short, she has like shorter length hair. She doesn't have the hair like as a show Brienne. Right. Good point, Eon. Mm. Really good point. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would mirror 
I think it would mirror Jamie's story arc. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, too, actually. I wonder if they're going to yeah. do it on the show. <laughs> would you just wait? You're jumping think, the gun you know, here. <laughs> Hold on. I think, she, I think she means do the bot, not do the oh, other thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. That's my too. Mind, mind out of the gut a lot. Come on. You guys. This is a serious podcast. <laughs> well, it kind of did come up on the last episode. Like, we were all theorizing if they were going to do the bite. We know Brienne's confirmed that she's biting someone's ear off, but um, yes. now it's kind of up in the air. Is she going to get bit? So, yeah. We touched- I, bet it, I bet it goes the way of Tyrion's nose. Yeah. Yes, it'll be a very. Uh, Small scar, yeah. a, no- a nod to the scar. Yeah, right. I don't know. For- I'm thinking something's going to happen to her neck. You know. Yeah, for me, I, I kind, I'd kind of be disappointed if the bite isn't included. I know it sounds awful because I love Brienne. Right. Hey, I totally that is so bloodthirsty. That. But I like that she is, you guys. <laughs> but it was such a horrible part in the book. Like it was struck such can, a chord with me. I, I, I don't know. It was a powerful moment, yeah. and I. It, it was. Certainly it was. is. And I think it's a really good care. It's really it's for character development, and I think that they're going to have to have some sort of disfigurement or something. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Okay. Yep. Go on to a lighter <laughs> question from Miss Jody. Um, would Selwyn like Jamie? Do you think they ever met before? If so, what was that like? Uh, okay, we're gonna lead off with Torg for this one. Um. Well, I. They never met, to my knowledge. But, I mean, I I don't know. We don't really know anything about uh, Selwyn Tarth. So, I mean, he tried to marry his daughter off a few times, but then he gave in. So, I don't know. Hanging out with a handsome rich guy, he'd probably say, cool, good job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if he's happy for her to marry Red Ronnet, Jamie's maybe a slight step up from that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Eon? You think she's- uh, I really don't know. I mean, I'm sure Selwyn has heard of Jamie. The only thing I could really picture Selwyn would take, like, you know, the southern father father route, and he'd get, like, the biggest great sword or the big, biggest battle axe he had, <laughs> cleaning it, and sharpening it, probably sitting on the front one porch. of his and test. <laughs> Yes, he'd probably, like, test, like, you know, to see how sharp it was, and he'd probably say, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter, you know? <laughs> You're so southern. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. I You read a lot of fan fiction, and you see this, like, Selwyn Tarth uh, depiction of him as being this, like, overly protective, gentle father that let his daughter go and do what she wanted but i don't know for me i see him as like this absentee father like definitely yeah Yeah. it was actually really interesting because eon and i were talking about that yesterday i'm sure you wouldn't have liked it a lot i know you don't like us discussing podcast business (laughs) sorry (laughs) um but yeah i think i feel like you know he kind of left brian to her own devices he left her with scepter royal (laughs) for a start he obviously didn't see what was happening there or when a lot more than her actual father yeah, she does. So I, yeah. I see him as kind of being this absent figure, and um, I don't know. I, if, has anyone yeah. has has anyone noticed how often Selwyn has been name dropped on the show? I feel like it's crazy. I feel like his name has come up more often than Doran Martell. It has. 
Yeah, I think it has. Yep. It comes up all the time. That I'm like, really are they going to work him Maybe in? They... Yeah, oh, would you think we're would... going to actually see him? It would be awesome if we did. Awesome. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah. I'd like to know anything more about Tarth, frankly. <laughs> it's not a lot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> as far as if, right if I think Selwyn actually would like Jamie, I'm going to say no, because no one likes Jamie. That's kind of... I was going to say, I don't, initially, I don't think any, I don't yeah. think Jamie gives off a great first impression. Yeah. So, no. no. Yeah, Jamie's got a bad reputation right now. He sure does. <laughs> yes. Certainly. Does anyone want to add anything before I jump on to the next? Go, dude. All right. Nope. Okay. Um, so, the next question is from Jinmo. And it's kind of a question that we did touch on a little bit in a previous episode, but. Um, she asks, do you think the show is heavily hinting at a possible marriage between Jamie and Brienne? Um, and then she kind of references all the uh, Brienne coming into the shot and uh, Jamie attempting to give up the white cloak to marry a woman. And, you know, so there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, in more in your face depictions of Jamie potentially. I guess, having a romance of some kind or willing to. Do you think it's Brienne foreshadowing an actual marriage? <laughs> Let's start with Chicky. You know, oddly enough, I, I, I am of a mind with Jinmo on this. I actually have started to wonder myself. They have certainly worked it in so much this season um, it, from the first episode. And kind of unnecessarily to my mind. Um, I mean, it could have been kind of their on running or ongoing thread um, to do with Jamie uh, not living up to Tywin's expectations. It could be that. It could be just kind of a throwaway side thing. But I don't know. Part of me wonders. I mean, you ha- you always wonder with the show when they throw things in that aren't really in the books mm-hmm. if it means something. All right. How about uh, you, Torg? Any? <clears throat> uh, I I would say I'd say it's probably mostly just fan service, really. Uh, I mean, maybe at most metaphorically, it, they're kind of married to each other in a sense, but I could see them both going their whole lives without ever getting married to anyone, let alone each other. Get out! <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, they don't have to be married to, you know, have a nice have rela- full have life. Relations. <laughs> relations. No, they certainly don't. Jamie's proved he doesn't. <laughs> How about you, Whitey? Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, it could potentially be foreshadowing. Um, I'm a bit reluctant to sort of see a lot of what um, the show does as foreshadowing. I'd be more inclined to believe it if it was book canon, um, because there's very little that George does that isn't a deliberate setup of some kind. Uh, With the show, however, there seems to be a lot of stuff that happens there that doesn't have a particular payoff. So... I don't know. I, th- I think it could be foreshadowing. My shipper heart wants to believe that it's foreshadowing. <laughs> Although, um, you know, they have a history of dropping things in that are foreshadowing. Like, for instance, that's true, that's Brienne, right. the line about who wants to die defending a Lannister that they threw in, what, the second right. season? Yep. Which is not mm. a book line, but the show very proudly threw that thing in. I think it was ADR even, so it was a very deliberate toss in. So I, I think they're not suggesting Brienne is going to die. Protecting a Lannister, defending a Lannister. I, I oh, but, you know, they do love <laughs> let's not go there. Let's not go there. No, I agree with you. There's certainly stuff that they do that is foreshadowing. Um, but like I said, I feel like I'd be more inclined to believe it or trust it if it was actually in the book. Hmm. I don't know. I find this type of conjecture difficult. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. Ian, you got any you additional thoughts? 
I mean, I'm, I'm pretty there oh, with YD. Uh, it's possible that it could be foreshadowing, but part of me, I think it's it's the show has never popped up in the books for me. Um, right now, I mean, the least, the, the main thing that I'm worried about is the, the Lady Stoneheart situation right now. I think that's like what they're really worried about right now. So, yeah. I, it's up in the air right now. I think it's too soon to just, you know, think about marriage right now. That's the least they're worried about. First, they right both now. need to live, right? Then marriage, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, for me, like I don't think it's actually foreshadowing a marriage of any kind, but I, I do think that it was a device for the show, um, for show viewers, um, for those too dense to get it. <laughs> Because that, yeah, these two are not bros. <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion, anyway. Okay, we're going to go on to another Miss Jody question. Um, <laughs> why do you think Brienne has fallen in love with Jamie? Uh, we'll lead off with Eu uh, Eon on this one. <laughs> Houston, do we have a problem? <laughs> why do you think Brienne has fallen in love with Jamie? <laughs> Ian's like, wait a minute, Brienne's in love with Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) That is brand new information. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) You have the bathtub scene. That's why. That's it. She's totally. She saw it. She saw saw naked. (laughs) Fair enough. It works yes. for Brienne. It works for Brienne. <laughs> Chicky, we'll go with. Um, why do I think Brienne has fallen in love with Jamie? I think it's for the same reason that we've all kind of fallen in love with Jamie. I mean, I think that Brienne has seen um, kind of the hidden side of Jamie, and that there's something also, very tantalizing about that. Well, yeah, he's also hot. You know, have a close. Also, half a little hot. bit. Half doesn't gun. hurt. Half doesn't gun. hurt. But I think, you know, she's she's seen his vulnerability. She's seen kind of his darkest secrets. And I think there's something very tantalizing that, about that for someone, especially like Brienne, who hasn't had many close relationships in mm-hmm. her life. I think mm. there has to be an allure to that. Yeah. Yeah. And like she's like, um, she's also been judged her whole life. Right. And she knows what that feels like. And she knows yeah, now yeah. kind of what he's been judged on. So I think she kind of actually sees him for the person that he is. Like nobody else has, so totally an identification yeah. going on, right? Um, does anybody else want to jump in? Why do you think Brand's fallen in love with Jamie? Besides, he's hot. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Besides the fact that he's hot. Well, I think that in uh, we sort of can look at it in terms of his chivalry as well, because despite some of the stuff he's done, um. I think at his core, Jamie does have that sort of chivalrous side. And, you know, Brienne being Brienne is a big believer in in chivalry. She, you know, she sort of, that's the code that she lives by. So, Actually, my, my answer kind of ties in with the next one, if you would move okay, on to it. Okay, uh, so why do you think Jamie is falling in love with Brienne? Torgi, go ahead. I think they're falling in love with each other for the same reason, actually. Uh, they both, it's an extension on the uh, the idea of, I like who I am when I'm with you. And they like who they are Aww. 
through seeing through the other's eyes. It's who they want to be. And I don't think they've ever experienced oh, that before. That's amazing. I they, love that. They, they have people that care about them. They both do. But they don't have people that see them how they want to be seen. Aww. So it's like just just yeah. having someone who really knows the real you. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think what what's unique about this for both of them is what they feel or I guess what Jamie's heading towards feeling is what you would call, I guess, true love, whatever that may be. Um, and I think that is, in a way, why it's difficult for both of them to recognise what's happening or to give it credence, especially Jamie, because um, I guess their past their past loves, so we've got Renly for Brienne and Cersei for Jamie, were sort of based more on some idealised fantasy mm-hmm. or more of an infatuation than reality. But, you know, you've got Jamie and Brienne, they've seen each other at their absolute worst. They have no illusions about each other. So, you know, what they have is sort of is true. It's more real. Mm-hmm. And then I think for me with Brienne, or with Jamie falling in love with Brienne, part of it too is just the the innate chemistry that they seem to have. Um, I think that plays a role. I mean, it, it's kind of something that I think was pretty pretty cleverly written yeah. by George that you can kind of see that they have yeah. what I would call a sexual chemistry, whatever you want to call Absolutely. it, a chemistry yeah. from the very beginning. And I think yeah. that did play a role in his in his falling for her. I think... I think that's that, absolutely true. He has a deep identification with her. I mean, you I mean know, they're a straight-up yeah. romantic comedy couple. I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Totally. I think you're absolutely right. I think that what some people neglect to realize or don't want to to realize is that Jamie is certainly attracted to Brienne physically and that is something that is a a strong thread throughout his entire chapters from the very beginning um he's very very fixated on what Brienne looks like um and it's just you know not long after they meet they have the whole sword fight which is I think we've discussed this before laden with sexual imagery and metaphors so I think that's certainly a big part of it as well and yeah, then obviously love- as they get to know each other yeah, I know that you use the term fixated because he is fixated on her physicality yeah, even as he's I think so. kind of mocking her and calling her ugly which you know certainly we know from other other characters is is how she's viewed um he is very tuned into her physically from the very beginning, which yeah. to me is kind of uh, kind of smacks of of male physical mm-hmm. attraction. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and then, sorry, I was just going to say, as their sort of relationship progresses, um, then you know he gets to know more about her, and I think he falls in love more with her. You know, sense of honor and loyalty. I think Brienne is who Jamie thought he would be as a young knight until he was sort of introduced to the the harsh realities of the world. Um, so I think, you know, he fell in love with that aspect of her as well. And it's probably someone who he wishes he could be or is trying to get back to. And then I just simply wrote, I believe anyone could fall in love with Brienne if they just spend enough time with her. <laughs> right? I agree. Right? I totally agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. How could you not after reading A Feast for right. Rose? <laughs> oh, she's just the best person ever. Okay. <laughs> Let's go on to um, one uh, another question by F7. Um this one is, what do you think about the Azor Ahai theory that has been going around in fandom for quite some time that heavily involves Oathkeeper, Jamie and Brienne? Uh, I'm not good with these ones. <laughs> Does anyone <laughs> volunteer to go first on this one? I'll, I'll jump in if you yes. want. Um, okay, so 
we're not we're not a hundred percent sure which Azor Ahai theory that that you mean F seventh, but I'm gonna guess it's something to do with either Jamie or Brienne being Azor Ahai. Um, and certainly those are are widely floated theories. Obviously, John and Danny are kind of the top of the the Azor Ahai theory list, but Jamie in particular and Brienne with him make the list because Jamie dreams of flaming swords when he is um, dreaming against the Weirwood stump in Storm of Swords after mm-hmm. he leaves Brienne and Harrenhal. And he he's really the only character who himself um, dreams of or thinks of the flaming swords that we that we are in the head of or that we have a POV from. So I think that's the reason why they they get chosen. And then also the fact that Oathkeeper um, is a pretty good candidate for Lightbringer, right. which is the sword of Azor Ahai. I just really don't like the idea that they are <laughs> because it involves the the sacrifice aspect with that theory, and I kind of <laughs> hate that. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say that it necessitates a sacrifice uh it's tempered in water and then tempered in the heart of a lion and then tempered in the heart of nisa nisa his wife right yep. yes yep. and so i would say from that if you're going to apply Oathkeeper to that it would be first tempered in melted ice it, it's forged from water uh then it spent time in the Red Keep, which is the heart of the lions. Ooh, it never actually literally stabbed a Lannister. <laughs> and then it's finally tempered with love. <gasps> See? And, and this, I... this is there 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 is a lot of a lot of speculation that there you do not need a literal reforging of Lightbringer. In order to, to, to reforge Lightbringer. I don't know. It, it could go either way. I mean, George has made a point of telling us exactly how Lightbringer was forged. And had Salador San, in fact, cast doubt over Stannis having Lightbringer by saying, do, do you know how Lightbringer was forged? Do you understand what it takes to forge Lightbringer? So, I mean, it is deliberately thrown in. I, I kind of um, go back and forth. I think Jamie is a candidate. I don't know about Brienne as much. Although I will say the show has done a lot of, boy a lot of spotlighting on Oathkeeper, which almost makes me wonder if Oathkeeper may not be more of a candidate for Lightbringer. I had kind of been leaning toward Dawn before this, but... Brienne even refers to Oathkeeper as her magic sword when she's having her fever dream in in Feast, so yeah, yeah, that's something else that that makes you think, I suppose. I do... I don't know. I have... I think it's a possibility, I guess. I have difficulty um, seeing Brienne being sacrificed in the name of Jamie. I feel like that's something that George might not do just just in terms of the fact that he's spent so much time building up fleshing out her character um and he as i said before he is one to subvert literary cliches so i just can't him can't see him relegating brienne who is this strong skilled warrior um you know with a fully realized personality to being a mere tool for jamie to sort of become the hero (laughs) he wants to be that feels cliche to me i don't know I, I'm with you on that, and I, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen I, for the same reason. I personally think, I, I it wouldn't bother me if Brienne, I mean, I shouldn't say it wouldn't bother me, of course it would bother me. <laughs> I'm not bothered by the idea, I mean, if, if either one of them is going to die for the other, it, it really doesn't matter to me which one. I think the, the point of Brienne is that she has the honor of a knight, and she very much takes on the male role in this story. So if she were to choose to sacrifice herself for Jamie, I think that would be about her empowering herself basically as as the the male trope basically uh, as as the male side of the story and I, I actually think that would be a really good embodiment of that so i i would say i mean i i wouldn't feel like it was a 
it was a betrayal of that. Oh, I just don't want either of them to die. <laughs> Obviously, no one wants them to die. I don't think anyone I wants hate them to this die. Question. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw out. I'm pretty convinced that John is Azor Ahai, so these are all kind of back, background theories for me. I don't yes. think there's going to That's be an Azor Ahai. Yeah. Oh, really? Really talk? No. I, I think it's just going to be a story that some people mm-hmm. believe. Some people think it's Danny. Some people think it's John. Some people might think it's Brienne or Jamie. But I don't think there's going to be a one that rises to defeat the great other or anything like that. Maybe there'll be multiple. That's actually a pretty widely floated theory, too, that there will be multiple. Yeah, that it will apply to a dream. Well, John John? had a dream that he was on the wall and he was fighting ice spiders with a flaming sword. Sounds like a pretty... We have that. Yeah. But, I mean... There is also, whenever Danny is in the um, House of Undying, she sees a king with blue eyes and blonde hair with a red sword. And, and I'm just like, well, who has blonde blonde hair and blue eyes and a red sword right now? Brienne kind of looks like a man. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who really knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as with everything George does, he leaves multiple... Um, sort of yes. threads. So, you know, it's difficult to yeah. sort of pin down one specific theory. It, it really is. And it, with, with with the information that we have now, it's really impossible to, to yeah. lay the finger on anyone. But I'm with you, yes. Chippy. I think if it's going to be anyone, it's it's most likely to be John. Yeah, I think it's John just because um, it's been stated in the books that it's Danny, so it's probably not Danny. It's probably John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's Shireen. No, I'm just throwing it out <laughs> Lots of hundred percent on the Shireen coming along with a you know, huge cool, glowing not... sword and just biting back those like zombies. Yeah, just, you know, forging, you know, forging, you know, Lightbringer with the heart of a lion. You know, that's pretty pain. Oh, we're losing uh, Eon a little bit. So, yeah, let's go on. A... We're having a lot of technical difficulties in this podcast. podcast. Is yeah. Curse. Yeah. Don't give up on the gravy. Okay, Uh, so Miss Jody asks, at what point in their time together do you think Brienne's fantasies of Renly (laughs) really turned into fantasies of Jamie? What prompted it? Uh, How about Torg? Uh, I think it was during the A Feast for Crows trip, and I think it happened slowly and without her realizing (laughs) it. Yep, I'm going to have to disagree. Ooh. I think it happened pretty much immediately after this shared bath at Harrenhal. <laughs> because, come on, how could a 19-year-old girl get a look at that and I not like much said the same thing. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I mean, seriously, I, you know, that's where she gets sort of a good look into Jamie's soul. And I think that would have appealed to her. And, you know, he, he was also half a god. So I wouldn't put it past, wouldn't put it past her to start thinking about Jamie oh, in that way after the bath. I'm not saying she didn't like him during that time or that even she wasn't attracted to him at that time. But I think that she didn't really start taking the place of the guy that she wants to be with until her little trip. (laughs) That's fair enough. I I lean more toward the Storm of Swords, too, when she she started to. Uh, There's something to me that plays about her her bath and feast when she... Mm -hmm. She tries to call up Renly or whatever term she uses that mm. that, that that plays a little bit like um, she might have done this before, to me. So 
So yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think it started earlier. I think it's sometime some some off-page scrubbing was going on. I think so. I think, I think <laughs> files so. have definitely um, gained some significant meaning for Brienne. Okay, um, so we'll go on to the next one, which is also a Miss Jody question. Oh uh, I know, right? She bombarded <laughs> us, and they're all wonderful. We love you, Miss Jody. <laughs> we love you. I love you. Twenty-five nine. Jamie is getting older and only has one hand. Do you think he'll be an adequate lover? Why or why not? Chicky, <laughs> um. let's start with you. I totally think that he will be. I mean, when we get yeah, into maybe. Cersei's head, um, we find out that she um, finds Jamie not only to be a very adequate lover, but to have been very skilled with things other than his hands or member. Mm. And I think that he will be fine. I think he'll be great. <laughs> I concur. I think I think it's in Jamie's personality to be a generous lover. I, you know, like when he's in a relationship, he is all in. Pun completely intended there, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's surely going to be some limitations with him only having the one hand. But let's face it, there's plenty of things that you can do with only one hand. And there are right? some things that you don't even need a hand for. <laughs> just a well-practiced tongue. He's not Theon. I mean, you know, he's, he's, got, not. he's got everything. He's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd... you don't need two hands. Torx like he can smooch really well. <laughs> he can be He's some gentle hand holding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I I was like, well, his name literally translates to like I love, right? Yeah. So that's what he is. He's a lover. Of course he's going to be good. And like, I just agree with what you've all said. He has plenty of other parts to use. He has many skills. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Another mystery question. Uh, would they carry their personalities to the bedchamber? Would Jamie still not shut up? And would Bran be quiet? Or would their roles shift under the sheets at all? Are you guys sensing a theme with all these <laughs> yeah. Miss Jody questions? Thank you, Miss Jody. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think people tend to shift personalities in the bedroom. Mm. I think like you kind of are the opposite of what you are in your everyday life. Um, however, I don't know. I could see them both. Um, I don't know. Switching it up. <laughs> I could see them being exactly the same and criticizing one another, but secretly really enjoying it. I can see that. <laughs> that sounds like some fun lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. Yeah, um, me too. I don't know. I, I feel like at the very, Oh, I think at first Brienne would, sort of be quite submissive and and hesitant because you know she's got that you know plethora of body image issues and other issues so I could sort of see her you know maybe being quiet initially but I think maybe when she gets a bit more comfortable with it I don't know I could see her taking the reins she's she's got that feistiness (laughs) Um, um so I think you know I could kind of see her getting into it and maybe commanding Jamie to do certain things and, and you know, the way in which she wants. Yeah, I think I was thinking, like, more into the relationship kind of relations. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I think I'm with Torg. I'm with, I'm with Torg on this one. I think it would be a push-pull forever. Yeah. 
I think Jamie would certainly bring his sarcastic side to the bedroom sometimes. <laughs> so this uh, kind of segues into Miss Jodie's next question. <laughs> Who's going to cry first after they cry <laughs> each other? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily sex, just even after a first kiss. <laughs> you both be as emotional criers. <laughs> what kind of question is this? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I want to say that it's going to be Jamie because now I have an image of him yelling out Kingslayer while climaxing and then bursting into tears because it was just so beautiful. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I think I I wrote both. (laughs) I guess the crying, the crying. You mean simultaneous crying? Yep, just wiping each other's tears, crying (laughs) over the place. God, that sounds so I, sexy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't... They actually don't strike me as emotional criers, really. I mean, yeah, they both cried, but, I mean, who wouldn't cry in the situations in which they have both cried? So, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't... I don't they don't really strike me as emotional criers, either. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think sex would lead to crying. At least I, hope <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't see a first time weep fest if that's what Giles asking. No, please, no, please. <laughs> that would ruin everything. Pass the shoes. <laughs> okay, um, so we'll go on to the next one. Uh, this is from Fleeting Musings. What do you guys think of Brand calling the word sword? Is there another word you would prefer, Whitey? She was offered two words and she chose one. I mean, I suppose she could have yelled out cock, but that would have been confusing <laughs> to everyone involved. So I think sword is a perfectly acceptable word in that scenario. Chicky? Um, I mean, obviously I think sword makes sense and I think it has a lot of symbolism. I don't know if anyone knows I made a big post on Tumblr about this, so <laughs> refer to that, I, no I guess. But I mean, to me, yeah, it was. It's pretty clear that that Brienne was given the choice between the deuce and the sword, and she chose sword. And and you know, I think it, it makes sense in her storyline. I think she's chosen sword before, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm on board with sword. I like I like the idea of sword, and I it, like the idea that it's her choosing what she's going to do, and doesn't really have anything to do with with you know deference to anyone else. And Tark. Well, I think uh, she cried out a polite but firm, eloquent explanation of the whole situation, <laughs> where she presents the, it in such great logic. Even Lady and an appeal to emotion, and so therefore she lets Brienne go free with words of encouragement and a helpful tip that uh, if she's really serious about being into Jamie, she'll think of some story about Sansa to draw him away from his little campaign that he's on, and so they can go adventuring alone because everyone knows that's the way to a man's heart. I mean, she probably yelled sword, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pretty much nope. It's sword. <laughs> The word sword is perfect. It's sword. <laughs> we do know it's sword. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was another thing. I suppose we should throw in, yes, George R. R. Martin confirmed at Miss Con in, I think, 2012 that it was sword. Yeah. And may I add in, just in case anyone doesn't know, um, up until the point where George confirmed that it was sword, I was convinced that Brienne was, in fact, um, reanim- a reanimated dead <gasps> Brienne or un-Brienne um, because <gasps> I was convinced that she'd been revived by Thoris of Mir. 
Oh, um, so had very bad times. I had, a, I had a very bad year and a half there. So I was very happy to hear that the word that she said was sword and that she, in fact, saved herself in at least pod, if not Hyle. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that would have been awful. That would have been awful. I feel so bad for you. This is, why, this is yeah. why I'm so sanguine about either of them by now. Because yeah. This I'm is why you need to stay off Reddit. <laughs> I actually did believe that as well in like the three days between when I read it and uh, when I went and looked it up on the internet. That must have been devastating for you talk. <laughs> yeah, three days. It was hard. It was a bad three days. She keeps sitting there going, I had a year and a half. A year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay uh our next question is from tamjli um and it has a it's a would you rather type scenario so her question is would you rather find out soon that the release date is coming next for the winds of winter and have to wait eight to twelve months in anticipation or you'd get a surprise announcement that the publication is only a month away, but it's not out until 2016 or later. What would you prefer, Torg? Um, actually, uh, well, uh, I-, I want the book sooner, so uh, I'd say have- having to wait, knowing it's coming out. But on the other hand, um, I'm pretty sure that something bad is going to happen in that book concerning one of our two favorite characters, or both. So... I don't know. I would be dreading it for that whole eight, eight months, and I'd rather know. I'm. I'd rather not know that <laughs> they're going to. <laughs> no, I totally hear you. It's like I'm so anxious for wins, but why am I so anxious for wins when I know there's a really good chance it's going to end really poorly for the. Yeah. Like, almost, I, right. don't know why. I am also super conflicted. I mean. I really want to get wins as fast as possible, so I would choose that option, but I may regret that. Yeah. Yeah, So that brings me to my question, uh, surprise question. What are we going to do when one or both of them dies? Does this podcast die? (laughs) Pretty much, right? (laughs) Maybe. Chicky Chicky suggested we start, we we become a John Aria shipping podcast. Oh, God. No. Never. No. (laughs) She loves it. It'd be like a uh, Danny John shipping podcast before that one. But, but we would need to keep doing the podcasts. I mean, we, we couldn't stop. That would be just doubly devastating. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we can live on in our, in our ramblings. Uh, I mean, you know, I've as I said, I've kind of been through thinking that that Brienne was dead, and so. For me, I, I mean, you know, I think I could probably plug deal on. with it. Yeah, and just plug on. Although I will say I completely checked out of fandom and I didn't even touch the books for a year and a half. Wow. After. <laughs> they just I, need to bang first, then we'll be okay. I think I'd be out, honestly. I'm out. If yeah. if, <gasps> I'm, if Brienne dies, I'm out. I really am. I feel like I, don't I feel like do no. want to rate to the end. I don't care. <laughs> huh. That'll be my Melisandre well, book burning moment. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I would, I would read, but I don't know about fandom. I don't know if I could handle fandom. If, if, if yeah, that's true. I, I, I hear what you're saying. That can bring me through, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I ask that. God, <laughs> I have another one. Down. I have another okay. one. <laughs> it better be an upper instead of a. <laughs> it's not really, but we'll try. <laughs> Okay, so do you think um, what Jamie has done is forgivable, specifically pushing Bran out that window? <laughs> Torque. Oh, no. <laughs> well, 
I believe that anything is forgivable, but I do think that in fiction, uh, you're gonna have to pay for it a little more than what he has. I mean, he's definitely suffered a lot, but I think he might have to die. Oh! <laughs> Chicky? Um, I'm with Torg. I think anything can, can be forgiven, and you know, I, I'm personally of the opinion that I, I understand why Jamie did what he did. I mean, it wasn't a random act of, of sociopathic violence, as some people tried to portray it. No. So, you know, I don't really have, I don't have a ton of trouble forgiving him. I mean, it's still a really terrible thing that he did, but, uh, you know, you certainly understand why he did it. Um, and I think, yes, there, there certainly is going to be more literary retribution, probably, than we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm with Torg. I suspect he probably is going to die. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. I mean, since we're making the podcast really maudlin yeah. at the end, anyway. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we got thank yous to do yet. That'll perk us up. <laughs> what question are y'all on? I I threw out uh, some surprise ones, and they're terrible. Lots, lots killing us at the end, Ian. <laughs> She's uh, I, killing everyone at the end. Jamie, Brienne. She really is. This is the child killer coming out in her. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't put that out there. <laughs> I like dogs. <laughs> I like children. <laughs> And poutine. Uh, and poutine. Well, not. Oh, well, now I'm really going to get in trouble. Uh oh. No, don't. <clears throat> what kind of Canadian? What? I just stay away. I don't know. I'm not talking about poutine. <laughs> Eon. <laughs> um, poutine cast. The question was um, Do you think what Jamie has done is forgivable, specifically pushing Bran out that window? I really think. I mean. I don't think it's really for- forgivable. I mean, he did it to, you know, to keep his, you know, keep Cersei and his and the kids safe and everything. But it's pretty shitty, you know. I think, like, yeah, I don't know. I think if you're a mom <laughs> and you kind of look at it from that perspective, that's like heinous. But I mean, the way Jamie is, though, I mean, he really doesn't give any thought to what he does. I mean, he just shoved him out. <laughs> You know, (laughs) he didn't think about the consequences at all. I mean, he just, you know, hey, kid, push him out the window. Yeah. Well, I think it's a testament to George R. R. Martin's writing that this character that I absolutely loathed at the beginning of the story, I love. Like, I don't even know how that happened. (laughs) I'm actually conflicted about it, like why I like Jamie so much. I I, I find that... I find that my favorite characters in fiction are ones that I started out hating, either whether it's intentional by the author or not. Oh, definitely. I mean, at first, I totally hated Jamie at first. It was a total progression, you know? I mean, I did not like Jamie whenever I got to Storm of Swords, and I saw that Jamie chapter, chapter I was just like, oh my god, a Jamie chapter, that asshole, you know? <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> It was progression, and then before I knew it, I was, I really loved that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, like I said, it's a testament to his writing, because it was masterfully done, the development of Jamie. Okay, um, so we're at the time now where we're going to do our thank yous. Um, as always, we got so many wonderful people sending us reviews and ratings and thank yous. Um, who's got our thank yous tonight? Um, I do, and please let me know if my mic starts crackling, okay? I will uh, try and go through them as quickly as I can. So, 
Yeah, we've got. We'll start with the Tumblr feedback. We got quite a few nice comments um, this week, um, and a couple of funny ones. So I'll start with uh, anonymous, who sent in the following comment. How dare you be indifferent to my favourite character, Kelly C. Zero out of ten would not listen again. I do agree with your dislike for poutine and dogs, though. So two out of ten may listen again. <laughs> so, I mean, huh. thanks, Anonymous. Who are you, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Who I swear you? it was Guile, but... Guile says well, it wasn't her. Who, yeah, who, who so do you think would leave a disingenuous comment on the internet? I mean, I mean who does that? I don't Monsters. know why I can't it down. Anyway, I quite enjoyed that comment. So I'm saying I did it. Oh. No, it yeah, was, I did it. it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I am outraged. Get out. I think that's kind of amazing. Wait a minute. You don't, have a you don't like poutine and dogs? Who doesn't like poutine? I can't believe you guys don't like that. It's not that I don't like poutine. It's just that it's kind of gross in concept that I just avoid it. Canada, I love you. And I love poutine. I love poutine. Okay. I've never had poutine before. It's not available in my area. Yeah, I've never Um, had it either. This is going off the rails. I was going to say, I'll move on. So we got a nice comment also um, from Cynically Romantic, um, and she uses the word y'all, y'all in her um, <laughs> comments, so I'm going to try again, and do like, my best y'all. 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 <laughs> so she says, I'm so glad y'all have decided to continue making episodes even after the season ends. I listen to them each week at work, and everyone always gives me strange looks when I burst out laughing at oh. something y'all say. Lot is an excellent moderator, and I love all of the guests from each podcast. It's so interesting to hear everyone's accents and to realise that a love for Jamie and Brienne joins us all. So thank you, Cynically Romantic. Thank you, thank you. We also got this comment from Joker Took My Picture, a.k.a. Maggie, who says, the podcast of what the fuck was that all about? And then she says, laughing my ass off. (laughs) Great job, ladies, as always. And kudos to Liz for joining the podcast despite not being a native English speaker. Not an easy task, I imagine, as the non-English native myself, but you did great. So thank you, Maggie. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Liz. Liz did a great job jumping in. Yes, thank you, Liz. So we'll move on to email. So we got an email from, I don't know how you said it before, Lot, but I just say Tam J. Lee. Um, So she says, she sent in a question, but she also said, you guys have finally given me a spoiler-heavy podcast that is knowledgeable and entertaining. You do get upset and criticise the show when it is warranted, <laughs> but it's not all-encompassing rage, except for when we talk about Danny. <laughs> and you can still give kudos when the show deserves it, which, thank you, that's, that's nice to hear as well. We're not just raging um, bitches. <laughs> we, just, we just hate Danny. Um, and we have three three new iTunes reviews. So from the US iTunes store, um, Niyana, I think it's pronounced, Niyana, who says, I absolutely love this podcast. I am an avid fan of the books and TV show, and I love the detail and depth of discussion in this podcast. The rapport and knowledge of the panel creates an enjoyable and entertaining listening experience. I have listened to other Game of Thrones podcasts, but they always disappoint me because they don't get the details right or they miss the point entirely. Well done, well done. I am now a loyal listener. <laughs> so that's really lovely. Thank you for that. Um, we, from uh, iTunes Canada, we've got Lindsay. Um, 
So she says, they have such a blast on this podcast. It really is a joy to listen to each week. Plus, it focuses on two of my favourite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Keep up the awesome work, ladies. So thank you for thank that. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> um, and the last one is from iTunes Germany from Lady Brienne. <laughs> this is quite a good one. She says, you like Game of Thrones? Listen to this podcast. You're shipping Jamie and Brienne? Listen to this podcast. You like dirty jokes about fictional swords? Listen to this podcast. You're shipping Jamie and Cersei? I'm sorry, but listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but you should really listen to this podcast. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. Thank you, love lovely. it, love it, Thank love you. it. Thank you so much. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Just a general thank you to everyone who sent in comment, who's sent in comments or feedback or emails, any form of support. It really does keep us going and it, and it makes us smile. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks for reading those, compiling them. No worries. Oh, so you may notice the tech quality in this podcast is going to be not up to what we usually have it at. No, um, I apologize if it was a little bit harder to listen to this episode, but we did our best. Have apologize. It's our fault. I have to. I have to say, I was consistently plugging and unplugging my <laughs> USB throughout the podcast, and I, I might just have don't even know what the fuck right now. <laughs> my mic is crackly. Oh, I don't even know. Sorry, uh, guys. But yeah, uh, crackly. Um, having us crackly is better than not having us at all. So I think some would beg to differ. Oh, but oh. Yes. Yeah, really. I just, <laughs> I just get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Did I even say cock on this this podcast at all? Did cock? anyone say cock? Yeah, yeah. I totally missed like all the questions I wanted to answer. Oh so. no! Fuck the Eon, world, man. Eon, you've got thirty seconds. What was your answer? You missed the most. Go. I don't anything. even. I don't even know. I'm too mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to drown your sorrows. I just I just threw all my questions across the room. So. You burned them. Okay, well I can ask you this one. This one seemed to be really popular with the group. What are we going to do when one or both of them die? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, my God. Thank you. And on that note. Thank you. Right. When one or both of them die. You don't have to answer it. I'm just <laughs> Oh, God. This is like the end. I don't want to leave it on like a total bummer. God. Oh, this is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I think we can say that this question and answer podcast has been a complete success. <laughs> this has been a total fuck up. Come on. <laughs> I cannot wait for this summer. Uh, this one's getting posted tomorrow. I got a lot of fucking editing to do. God. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>